Today on Karina and Kirsten Get to Work, we're talking about the realities of working from home in a pandemic. Welcome to Karina and Kirsten Get to Work. I'm Kirsten Barron. And I'm Karina Hoyer. And we are so happy to have you here today. Okay, so I'm particularly happy to have people here because I'm lonely in the COVID. So thanks for joining us today because I feel like I'm talking to you. We are here, as always, to talk about women and work. We want your work to be meaningful. We want you to have fun and joy, and we don't want you to struggle too much. We want there to be some ease in this, and all of these things, I think, are particularly challenging during our current time. So thanks for joining us. And today we are talking about the realities of working remotely. Yeah, one of which is that your podcast co-host calls in on the telephone instead of sitting in the clubhouse face-to-face to record a podcast. I sure miss seeing you, Kirsten. I miss seeing you. I miss our sweet sound when we're like using all of our equipment and all of that stuff. But folks have been really, I don't know, what's the word? Cool. Cool about our less than perfect sound quality. You're super cool listeners. <laughs> Thanks for being so cool. Thanks for working. Thanks for being the coolest. Speaking of cool, oh my God, I have to tell the most hilarious story. Well, I'll, you be the judge if it's funny or not. But I've been communicating back and forth with someone from Pandora because we're on Pandora now, which is awesome. So you can find our podcast on Pandora. And as such, we have a couple of creative tools available to us for free. So I was emailing back and forth with someone from Pandora, asking them some questions about it. And by the end of it, the person I was emailing, whose name is Andy, Andy said, what's your podcast? I'll give it a listen. So I told them, and great, I'll listen to it tonight. Here's the funny story, though. I looked at their signature line, just be like, who is this person? And they're the head of metal and punk programming. So... So <laughs> we have arrived. It. We have made it that far. <laughs> so we've got the head of metal and punk listening to Crane and Kirsten get to work, hopefully finding more meaning and joy in their daily grind because of our sage wisdom. Oh my goodness. It brought joy to an otherwise slightly dreary day, I will admit. Yeah, I've got a bit of the of the COVID blues. And I have to tell you, hearing that the head of metal and punk, well, actually knowing that there was a job title out there that says head of metal and punk programming brought me tremendous joy. And the fact that that person might be listening to Karina and Kirsten get to work just is very uplifting. (laughs) Yeah, it's better than the (laughs) news. It's way better than the news. Shout out to Andy. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks, Pandora. It's better than the news, which we got here in Washington State, which is we are sheltering in place for one more month. And that is rough. By the time this episode releases, though, we'll hopefully be one week down, you know, so we shall see. And for me, getting news like that, recognizing that it's not over, and frankly, it's probably not going to be over for quite a while, kind of forces me to dig deep and acknowledge my feelings, but also recognize, you know, I got to move through those. Kirsten, what is it? 90 seconds? Emotions? Yes. Strong emotions last 90 seconds. And so whenever I have a strong emotion, like when the governor said another four weeks, I just think to myself, okay, this is going to last for 90 seconds and then I can manage the rest of this. It makes things, you know, just let them 
go through you. And then, I, of course, I have to go pick them up again seven or eight times a day and revisit them. <laughs> oh, yeah. For seven or eight on this. Exactly. I know. It's just let the emotion wash over you and then let it wash over you again. Yes. And again. It's just, it's just an emotion, right? Yeah. It's just an emotion. And, you know, it's not right or wrong. It's just how you feel. And I think everyone is feeling about a million different feelings a day. I know I am from joy to sadness to fear. Yep. And I think also, not only we have all these different feelings, but we have all these different experiences out there, right? Like we have people working from home. We have people not working. We have people that are essential workers who are out there doing it. We have business owners who don't know if they still have a business. We have a real diversity of experiences coupled with a diversity of emotions. Yeah. And it's a lot. And so I guess that's in some ways an acknowledgement that you, the listener, may not have a job anymore. Or you may be working harder than you ever have. Or you may be trying to figure out how to keep your business afloat. Or you may be thankful that unemployment exists and you're still able to pay your bills. So there are a lot of us out there experiencing a lot of different things. But today's topic is kind of interesting because I think no matter what you're doing, you're likely trying to figure out how to do it in a house full of people, perhaps. You're spending way more time at home than you did. You're not getting the kind of breaks or relief. And everything is different. Whether or not you're working, whether or not you have children, everything is different. And so today we're going to talk a little bit about kind of how we manage that as women. We really decided to focus, I think this is fair, Krina, on this discussion of working from home, you know, remote work, just as an example to discuss and talk about the greater issues with work, right? So I really wanted to talk about this topic because I kept seeing in the news all of these pictures of women sitting on the rug with their kid, playing blocks with their laptop on their right leg and their kid at their left leg, or, you know, pictures of parents at the kitchen table with their laptop and their kids work. And I thought to myself, this is, this is ridiculous to expect somebody to be working a full-time job and teaching their children as if they were the teacher or playing with their 18-month-old playing blocks while they're typing on their computer. I thought to myself, this is not this is not who we should be. Who wants us to be this? And so that was kind of my inspiration is the wrong word, but that was my motivation. Catalyst. That was, thank you, Karina. That was the catalyst for like, we got to talk about these expectations and what we're doing here. No, exactly. I actually did a YouTube video about this. So listeners, if you haven't jumped on our YouTube channel recently, I did a rant because that day that I saw a very similar thing on social media, which frankly, I think think I need to like back off of a little bit. I need to back off social media a little bit. It was exactly that. It was this perfect woman who had the perfect life. And the advertisement was to help me get more like her, be more like her. And I hadn't showered in three days. I didn't even know what my, my kids were eating sugar for breakfast, watching TV. I hadn't changed my clothes. You know, it's four in the afternoon. I'm still in the shirt I slept in. And I realized that that pressure that is coming from the outside Mm -hmm. is having an impact on me. And I need to get a grip on it. I need to be the one who's in control of what pressures I put on myself. We're getting them from 
social media. Many people are getting expectations and pressure from employers. We're getting expectations and pressure from school, if you have school children at home. And all of this is so that we, those of us who have work, can prove that we are doing the work so we can keep our jobs and so our kids don't fall behind and so that we fit this bill and we're productive and we're da 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 And it feels so overwhelming and exhausting and unattainable all at once, which for me is then a recipe for self, what's the word? When you're being told these are all of these standards and you're not able to meet them, you start to feel like shit about yourself. And that's the thing about that. I mean, feeling like shit is that's the bullshit part. Like that is not what we want for ourselves. I don't want that for you. And I listen to you and I think you're a spectacular, wonderful, fabulous person. And you should not feel like that. Like that's just, so that's the thing we're dealing with today is those expectations. I also want to talk about some of the internal expectations we have. And maybe I'm talking about those because I feel those. Like, what does it mean to be a good mom? What's the playlist you have in your mind about a good mom? What does it mean to be a good worker? What does it mean to be a good service provider? What does it mean to be a good partner? What does it mean to be a good friend? I think we have all of these tapes playing inside our own head about what our expectations are. And I think that those, a lot of the time, are unconscious, right? We're unconscious about it. Yeah, like what? what's one that you think you could be conscious about? Okay, so I do think that I have some tapes playing in my head around how I feed my family, right? That it should be beautiful, that it should be perfect, that I should labor for it, because that is one way that I show my children love is by their physical surroundings, right? Like I liked them to have, when they were little, I liked them to have sweet, soft sheets and I liked them to have nice, warm bath water. And of course, I mean, all these things, right? And that's really carried over, even though they're adult children now. And I'm just, you know, I look back when they were younger and I was stressed out, I really did feel okay about putting some turkey deli meat and an apple and a handful of sugar snap peas on their plate at night when I'd had a bad night and never felt bad about it. And I need to remember that. Like this expectation that I have of, oh, it should be this amazing thing. I need to check myself. That's not my memo. I don't know where I got that memo from, but my memo really is different when I don't default to whatever patterns I developed in my family of origin or as a whatever. I have no idea. But I think it's really important in these times to check into the tapes that are playing that you you don't agree with. Right. Okay, so here's one with work. And I've seen this with a lot of my clients and also friends, that there's some expectation that everything is normal and you're going to get your work done, but you're just going to transition it from home. You still have conversations every day, but you're just doing it digitally. You still produce everything, but you're actually throwing... It's uh, all the same. Ho- yeah. And and that's the thing. Like now we're seeing stories on the news about women who are setting up office home offices in their cars, in their bathrooms, in their basements, and trying to operate under the guise that we're going to get a full eight to 10 hours of a day of productivity or more when the situation is so completely counter to the ability to do that. And I think that's what we're talking about. The script is like, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute. 
why are we playing that, that everything is the same? You know, I want to just take a minute on that basement story because we read the same article on this, but this is hysterical. This woman leaves her house as if she's going to work, goes around the back of her house and into her basement. Her partner cares for their two and four-year-olds all day. She kisses them goodbye. They think she's still going to work. They think she's left the house. And one day they saw her car in the driveway and she's like, oh, I'm Ubering to work now. She's lying to her children about where she is so that they don't come down and bother her. Right. And I don't know whether to think she's brilliant or be horrified by the fact that we have to do that. Exactly. It's crazy. So which is it? I mean, when I saw that therapist, you know, again, these articles, I see we see a photograph of a therapist who set up her therapy, her virtual therapy office in her bathroom. She's literally got her laptop sitting on the toilet and she's put a chair in there to make it look like a real room. It's like, Jesus, is this it? Is this, is this? And yet, and yet we're lucky to have work if we have it right now. Yep. And I also don't, I don't want to undermine the resilience of all of those strategies, right? They're wonderful. And there's a lot of resilience around those strategies and a lot to applaud them for. But I think they have a consequence or take a toll that we don't recognize. Right. And I think that when you combine that with the absence of breaks, the absence of independence, the absence of even the ability to have casual conversations that can offer you great perspective and joy in your life, but but you just don't have them. I was saying the absence of all of that combined with the additional pressure has created for many, and I speak for myself as well, opportunity to either say, ah, my, no, I can't, something has to give, or I'm just going to work harder. I'm going to work harder. I'm just going to work harder. And you know, don't you think, Karina, that those two, of course, right? But it strikes me that we have all been using those strategies all along, right? And so I think many of us have been pretty tapped out or at the edge and all of this additional COVID stuff, particularly like you need to be productive and work from home and get everything done. We're applying the same filters. And I don't think that that makes any sense. Yeah. Okay. Tell me, talk a little bit more about that. Well, like you just said, like, I'm just going to work harder or I'm going to, you know, something's going to give. I think that there is something bigger happening. It's almost like there's a lens and COVID is the lens that we look through because it's bringing all these things to the surface that are ridiculous. The bathroom, hiding from your kids, working in your car until your battery runs out, like all of the craziness, but it really is just a magnification of what we've always done. And I think that magnification can be very helpful in figuring out what is it that you really want for your life? Do you really want to work from your car? Really? Right? Because I know that's a, it's circumstantial. Hopefully that will change. But I think it's also part of a bigger problem. I think it's just another symptom of a bigger problem we have. I think we've been told that with expectations internal and external that we can do all this and that we'll be happy. And I think it's a bit of a bait and switch because I don't think you can be happy when you're, you know, working from your car and doing therapy sessions from your toilet. <laughs> I just don't, I don't believe that. Right. And if it's the thing that brings you money and it's the thing that brings you joy and it's what the world needs and it's what you're good at, 
right? Which are the kind of the four things that we all want in the perfect job. And you're just figuring out how to modify for the next few months so that you can continue to have those things and do those things. I get it. But what's happening is, like you said, the expectation is we do all of that and, and, and everything else. And, 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 and. and. And that's the script or the memo. You mentioned memo. I just finished reading a book by Glennon Doyle called Untamed. And she said something that for me has been really a catchphrase, encapsulates a lot of things. You know, she says, what memos are you getting? And are they working for you? Because what she says is, throw away the memo and write your own. Write your own memo. And that to me was like, oh, maybe it's because (laughs) I'm a lawyer and we write a lot of memos. But I was like, yeah, that's exactly right. What is everybody else telling you? And maybe what are you even telling yourself that's not working? Like, how is it that you be productive from your bathroom for five or six therapy sessions a day and then go homeschool your kids and then make a dinner and keep your house beautiful and organized and be a good friend and get your yoga online done? Yeah, I'm calling BS on that. People can't do that. Right. Right. And I think the other part of the memo is who's going to bend, who's going to sacrifice, who's going to give. So maybe all of those things do need to happen in order for you to have find greater joy, but you're not the only one who has to make a sacrifice. Your family also (laughs) needs to make a sacrifice. Your employer probably needs to recognize that the memo is not working, your partner, your children, your family. You know, like many, many hard things, this is a great time to figure out what of these things is really not a core value for you. What of these things can you possibly let go during this time to have more of the things that you want in a way that you can enjoy and where you can have a full human experience as opposed to being fractured and frazzled and freaked out. Yeah. You know, I've actually had this experience. I think I told you this. I know I talk about my yard a lot, but I have a big yard and I really like to have it be, I just love it. I love working in the yard. And so I've created a lot of work for myself over the years because I have flower beds and lawns and gardens and whatnot. Right. And so in the springtime, I always feel like my workload doubles. And there's this period of time where I almost get anxiety because the lawn needs to be mowed and I and that garden bed is full of weeds and this and that and this and my house and my work and my family. And it takes about a week or two for me to remember, oh yeah, Karina, this is the time of year where you stop mopping the floors in the house because you're mowing the lawn, right? This is the time of year where You guys are eating lighter dinners and more salads because it's also more time outside. And so it's like, for me, remembering, like, that's something I've practiced, but I have to bring that into this current situation with COVID and realize I need to be employing those same strategies. Karina, you have X amount of time. And so a solution when the workload is greater is not for you to work harder and harder and harder and harder. It's to manage the expectations around what actually can get done. And I've said lower the bar. 
I mean, I talk about lowering the bar. You got very... I hate that. You know I hate that. I know. And I was like, no, I'm lowering the bar because... Which I think says a lot about me that I hate that. I know. (laughs) Perfectionist. No, but I think we can rephrase it. Maybe it's uh, resetting expectations or whatever, but it's like, I can't do it. I can't do it unless I lower the bar. Mm -hmm. Adjust my standards. No, I've bought into the phrase lower the bar. Because you just know, when in I, the when last you, couple of days, you've did it. You yes, did it. no, yeah, just in the last couple of days, when we were talking about, we talk about these things a lot, you know, offline, just in our friendship, right? This is kind of how some of these shows are born out of our conversations, just as friends. And when you use that word, I realized I really blanched at it. Like, well, Karina, if you lower the bar, where's excellence? Where's excellence? Where's achievement? Where are goals, right? I mean, I did have this really visceral reaction to lowering the bar. And I figured out that was a probably good time to look inside, right? I'm like, if I have that kind of reaction, what is that saying about me? And so I just realized I buy so easily into these expectations too. I create them inside. I take them from outside. And I just kind of got comfortable in the last couple of days with, wait, lowering the bar just means you're a real human. It just means you're a real human living in this world with other real humans, doing your best to kind of have joy, meaning, and ease, right? I mean, so that was a super, I'm really grateful, Ukraine, because it was a super helpful process to allow me to evaluate my own internal standards of excellence or achievement or success. Yeah. And what really is that? What is excellence and success? And I think it's just shift, it's also shifting that definition. Like you can have excellence. It's just that the bullseye ha- is moved a little bit. Yeah. And I think it, it is that, you know, if somebody were to say to me, Kirsten, do you want to be excellent or do you want to be a whole human? I'd always pick whole human. Yeah. So how do we and our listeners, given the situation that we're in, given the scripts that we replay in our heads, the memos that we replay in our heads or read, and the memos that we're getting from outside, how do we take all of that? And realistically, care for ourselves and engage in our work, both paid and unpaid, which we know women do a huge amount of unpaid labor in their homes. About twice as much as men. Not quite, but about twice about as, much, twice as, as men. much as men. Mm-hmm. In this time where 45% of workers are reporting being burnt out. In this time when we have gone from 4% of workers working from home to over 25 or 30 percent nationwide, when people are crammed into their homes, dealing with fear and anxiety and worry and stress, how do we get to the other side of that? And I just want to add one more stat to that, Karina, which is 25 percent of families are headed by a single mom, which tells me that she is working. And oh, yeah, by the way, she's also a teacher now. So how do we do it? I mean, one of them is like, you know, pay attention, pay attention to your patterns, take the time when your go to is to work harder and harder and harder and harder. And you're feeling less and less and less whole. Mm -hmm. One of the strategies is to figure out a way to arrest that and ask yourself, why am I doing this? What is it that I'm doing and what really needs to be done? Yeah. And look for look for places to lower the bar. Yes. Look for places to lower the bar. I know, your whole dinner thing. I mean, we, you know, I talk about the grocery store a lot and you talk about cooking. And I love to cook. But I'm going to say at least once a week, we have a make your own dinner. 
where I'm like, I don't know, there's tons of food in here and I'm not cooking it. Just eat what you want. And when I said that to you, you're like, what? Make your own, you know, like that's exactly the situation where you can release yourself from the expectation that the table is set and everyone's having a beautiful meal every night. Make your own. You can have exactly what you want because that's we want what we want here, folks, to get exactly what we want. I actually have made some good progress. You know, I I have partners at the law firm, but of course, I also really kind of work for myself too. So I've got kind of my own boss, but I'm also I also have partners. And sometimes my boss is a bitch. Oh my god, she's a bitch. She is demanding. She is a bitch. And I'm like, why are you that way? And so. I've made a really good and you're that boss, right? You're I am your the own boss, boss, right? Yes. I'm okay. my own boss. You're that I'm bitch. my own boss and I'm a bitch. And I realize, God, why are you a bitch to this worker? She's so great. She's trying so hard. Why are you such a bitch to her? And what I really one of the strategies that I found super helpful, which is going to feel very counterintuitive to a lot of folks, especially right now when we're supposed to be doing it all and making it perfect, is I'm really looking through my workload and I'm looking to my colleagues for assistance. Like some of my colleagues have more work than ever. Some have less. And so the ones that have less work, I say, can you help me on this? Is this something you can take on? And there are a few people in the law firm I can just give work to and say, I have expectations you complete this. And of course, they would give me feedback if they didn't have time or whatever. But I've really reached out much further and deeper than I have in the past about getting help. And that has actually worked great. Because other people, everybody has having different experiences. So maybe there's somebody in your organization who can help. I also want to acknowledge this. I want to talk about my friend Patrice, who I just, my heart breaks for. She has a very successful business, which is more in demand than ever. She has four children, all of whom, of course, are being, she's a teacher for right? She's a teacher for four kids. Her husband is in law enforcement. So he is has a full day outside of the house. He's an essential worker himself. So here she is at home with her four kids running a business. And she has you know people who work for her who can help her, but there's lots of things only she can do. And so you know what I told her? I said, yeah, forget the homeschool stuff. That's ridiculous. What are you trying to do there? I mean, I'm like, your kids are super smart. They'll catch up and they'll be fine. And it's interesting because I just am hoping that she takes me up on it. I feel like she won't, but I hope she does. I just hope that we let go of some of these things that are just not possible to attain. Right. And I think what you just did to Patrice or for Patrice is something that we can do for each other. And that is support your self and those around you in kind of burning that memo, like telling her it's okay, that the only thing we're hearing right now is you got to do this. And I'm, yeah, I want more of my friends to say, well, actually they do, but like, you know, you're recognize that you have the power of creating what is normal within your own life. Do not adopt somebody else's expectation of normalcy when it doesn't make any sense. And it seems crazy to not teach your kids, but I don't think it's possible. It's not possible. No, she can't do it. And that's just it. That is the kind of the point of this. And I think that's one of the reasons why we wanted to do this show in the first place is because 
There's so much talk about, I mean, I bought into it, the online virtual tours of the museums and the neighborhoods that are singing with each other and the kids that are doing all of these great service projects and learning and make your own bread and do the sourdough starter. And, and I was like in a panic. And we wanted to do this show because we want to be the antidote to that in a lot of ways. The flip side. It's so interesting you list all of those things. In some ways, the stay-at-home order, I thought, oh, there's this opportunity to do all of these things, right? Oh, this is a great opportunity to do all of these things. And I'm embarrassed to say that a month in, month and a half, are we at two months? It's a haze. I feel like for me, it's been almost two months. It Certainly has been, six yes, weeks. Yes. Yeah. But no, what I'm trying to do is to get my work done take care of my clients, take care of myself, be as supportive to my family as possible, and recognize that the leftover bandwidth I have, I don't have the same capacity to be as good a friend or as good a volunteer or as good of a whole bunch of things because my bandwidth is taken up other places. And if I'm not a great, great friend for the next two months, that's okay. It's okay. Either my friends forgive me or they don't. And if they don't, I can live with that. If I have clients who don't think I'm responsive enough and they need to find somebody else, I'm going to help them do that so that they are happy. But I guess that's what I'm doing is letting go of those expectations and accepting the consequences in a way that almost reinforce my own values. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And I think what you're doing, and frankly, I want to kind of end the show on this note, which is... You are not letting anyone down. You're putting yourself first. Or at least even. Or at least <laughs> up there in the top three. And if you don't, the consequences are far greater. And you talked about that in the last show. You know, you talked about your fight with breast cancer and this path to move to a place where you are putting yourself first for your longevity, for your long-term health. We want you here. And I'm speaking to all of our listeners. And so whatever it is that you have to do to create the conditions that allow for you to be that whole human and not a frazzled freak show. Because that's the goal, the whole human. Those are the important things for you to be focusing on right now. Not to say, Karina, that we're not occasionally a frazzled oh, freak Oh, my show. God. No. And we right? are. I mean, right. we're, we're talking not to Zen ourselves. Buddhist. No, right. we're, we're talking, talking ourselves to ourselves. Right. <laughs> but <laughs> it is that, but it is that whole human, you know, and maybe there's not as much of that during the pandemic, but let's get as much of that as we can. Yeah. 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 And in the meantime, if your kids are eating deli meat for dinner... Hallelujah. Or if you just need to crawl in bed and binge watch and not mow the lawn, you know, you're doing the best you can. That's the best. And I think there's something really sweet about folks doing those things that are really caring for themselves, even if it is binging Netflix. Maybe it is making bread or cleaning out a cupboard, if that's the kind of person you are. But Maybe it's also just sitting, right? Or not making dinner, or that's that sweetness to care for yourself that I think is so important right now. And I also think is fundamental for the next phase. 
Yes, and exactly. And it's fundamental for your worker and your workplace as well. And we're all about creating joy, meaning, and ease at work. And we're recognizing that in a lot of ways, the ability to do that starts at home. Because that's where we're at right now. <laughs> that's where we're stuck. That's where we are forever. We're never getting out. <laughs> oh, no, Karina, you did say you were excited about camping this summer. No, I know. Exactly. I am trying to find some silver linings in this whole thing. And I'm hoping that we see some progress and we're able to do the things that we love. I hope that is the case for everyone, for me, that will be camping. But in the meantime, I do want to just say this was such a cathartic show for for me to be able to do the research and the prep work and the conversations with you both beforehand and on the air here today, because it's just going to reinforce my mantra uh, that I've been trying to repeat, which is honor your preferences, be a whole human. Your number one job right now is to get close to being a whole human. So with that, I guess I'll say... Goodbye, Kirsten, and thanks for working. And folks, thanks for listening. You got this. Krina and Kirsten Get to Work is recorded and produced by yours truly, Krina Hoyer and Kirsten Barron. Find all of our episodes anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, on our website, or email us at yougettowork.com at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. listening.